this episode of The Interface, I speak with Carl Ritterland, the new general manager of Amphenol Connexus in Stockholm, Sweden. Carl has been with Amphenol for a little over two years, but assumed the GM position in January. We talk about the Amphenol Connexus business, building cable assemblies and wire harnesses for multiple markets. We talk about his challenges as a new GM and using his passion and enthusiasm to help set up a successful tenure. We talk about starting his career in the interconnect industry and how his early interactions with future Amphenolians, like Jean-Luc Gavel, made the switch to Amphenol seem inevitable. We talk about growing up in Sweden and his love of ice hockey, where he played up to 30 hours a week in his teenage years. And we discuss his Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. So first of all, Carl, thank you very much for deciding to do this today. I appreciate you coming on here towards the uh, probably the later end of your work day in in Sweden. And as the general manager of Amphenol Connexus, can you tell us, first of all, about what Amphenol Connexus is and, and what you guys do? Thank you, Chris. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be around here today from a very sunny Stockholm. So Amphenol Connexus. Yeah, I started as the general manager from 1st of January this year. Uh, obviously, I've had previous roles, understanding and know it, what, what Connexus does. But basically, we're, we're part of the value add group. So we do basically cable assemblies and wire harnesses everywhere where it adds value to our customers. Uh, I would say that we're probably one of the best in the world, especially when it comes to overmolding cable assemblies and mm. splitter cable assemblies. I think that's a very, very sp- sweet spot for us. But basically in the nearby area of both India, because we have two facilities in India, creating for the Indian market, this value add, but then also for the European market. And especially most of our customers is too located here in the Northern Europe because we, we from Connexus are or started uh, 32 years ago here in a in a garage here in, in Stockholm. Huh. Wow, so it's quite a long ways from a small garage to now being part of a, you know, almost 11 billion dollar corporation. So that's that's quite the leap in 32 years. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a journey and and you know, it's it was started by Per Sangren and Oke Vestemark and uh you know, by the way, Oki is the one I'm replacing from 1st of January. And, and I think we, we, you know, during COVID times, you can never thank someone uh, after 32 years of service and, and the journey he has been on. But we, we try to do as good as possible. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm being the third general manager in this 32 years history. Wow. So I feel there's a, there's a lot of legacy on my shoulders to, to really carry on. It's a fantastic piece of, of Amphenol and a fantastic piece of business. So I'll come back to that in just a second because that's intriguing to me. But just specifically talking about the business itself and and what you specialize in, you said overmolded cables and and splitter cables. Uh, Are there various markets and industries that you like to play in that you feel that you have is a real sweet spot for your business? Or does it just depend on the opportunity matching your capabilities? Right. Uh, It's a good question. No. So we're we're born out of telecom, especially mm-hmm. in the in the Nordics area. I mean, uh, mobile networks has been very, very strong in this part of the world. And out of that, of course, over the journey, especially over the past 10 years, uh, Connexus has tried to diversify that strategy more towards industrial customers. Uh, we also have some automotive customers. But we really seek opportunities where, you know, we add the value. Certain harsh environments has been very good for us, especially with the overmolding techniques. 
but everything where where you know customers is you know we're, we're not a catalog product right. so when wherever you find a value and you need to make a twist in your cable assemblies or something we were a very good option here in uh, in Europe and, and in India yeah I mean that's uh, AGIS in general right a lot of it is you're not going to find a big huge catalog full of thousands of part numbers right no, correct, exactly, and that's why we are part of the value add group. And and Connexus has developed also over the past, you know, ten twenty years. We with the acquisition of FCI, we we got the facility, a fantastic, fabulous team in Bangalore from that mm-hmm. acquisition in two thousand and sixteen. Connexus had operations in Chennai before, but that has really put us on the on the map too when it comes to fiber optics, signals, wire harnesses everything collected to, to value add and fiber in the India market. So, uh, you know, it was a good acquisition, the FCI also, also for us at Conexus and, and to really strengthen our position in that market. So you mentioned that you just started as general manager back in January 1st and replacing uh, some longtime GMs there over the, the history of Conexus, which is, you know, 32 years is not insignificant for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a long time to to run a business, but what has it been like for you? I know we're only really two months into this so far, but what has it been like for you over the first couple months and growing and acclimating to this role, which is unlike any other in Amphenol? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the history like maybe Orke has. I, I hope I compensate that through energy and enthusiasm, you know, <laughs> bringing in so, so early yeah. on here. But no, I, I, I feel, you know, um, it, it's so fun to come to work every day. I just love this new position and new role. You know, as I told you, Conexus is a very fine piece of the business. It's a fantastic team in place, you know, globally. I think that was probably one of my remarks when I came into this position. What a fantastic management team I have surrounding me. So it's very, very easy actually managing this business. But then also, you know, coming in with new eyes, new energy, obviously certain things we need to do, uh, need to accelerate certain certain things too, uh, which we have started to take action on and, and really execute it on. So, no, I think it has been, you know, fantastic first two months. And, and but the, you know, fundamental in the business is, is very strong and it's there and, and it's definitely a good growth potential for, for both growth, but also profitability going forward. Right. I mean, it's been a very successful business. And I'm sure one of the first things you're told by, you know, Mark Wetzig and Jean-Luc Cavell is basically, hey, don't screw anything up your first couple of months, right? <laughs> you yeah, I don't want to don't also... rock the boat. Don't come in there and no. change everything radically. That's not, you know, that's not going to work, right? No, correct. And and I'm not doing that either. I think that was one of the points Dave Silverman also told, you know, we from headquarters, we just watch so you don't rock the boat too much during the first <laughs> yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it has been a fun journey. And as I said, there, there's no need to rock the boat. This is a, you know, well handled business, right people in the right positions, I would say. So um, no, we, we're in a good path. I think we're in a successful path right now too. You know, things are happening all the time and it's, it's a fun position to, to manage all of these things. Has there been anything in your first couple of months where you were surprised and you go, oh, so these are the types of things I'm going to have to deal with in managing this business? And you don't have to necessarily give specifics, but were there things that happened right. where you're like, oh, okay, oh, I didn't see this one coming. So this is what it's going to be like. No, but I mean, as I used to work as the global key account manager for Ericsson. And I think, you know, 
your top target is just to chase after revenue, right? Yeah. I think that that's the only thing you want to go. You see the, the business, you see how good it's got or, or the potential, and then you just need to uh, pursue or, or want the GMs to, to think the same way. I think in this position, obviously, and everybody told me, now you need to care for profitability too. Yeah. So that, that's, of course, a, a new matrix. But I, I think, no, I, I think I was well prepared. I also have a background within, you know, operations, supply chain, sourcing, and and, and other stuffs too. So I think I, I understood what I what I got into. When you're talking about Connexus now, and you're talking to a new customer for the first time about what you guys can bring to their business and and help solve any of the issues they have, how do you usually pitch Infinol Connexus to customers? I think we, we have a very good story about that. Actually, um, we had a customer here uh, into the facility, like the first one in two years. They chose Conexus two years ago when we started to develop. This is a new agriculture company. Uh, we started to, basically, we have now been kicking out all the competition and they really betted on Amphenol, basically of two things. And, and the first thing was the intimacy with us, right? The engineering capacity, the local production, and the support we bring. But what really tipped us over the edge towards others, especially all the other smaller companies here in the region, was the the, the part of the Amphenol group. Mm. That's why we got it. You know, the access to components, the access to connectors, the access to financial stability, all of those kind of things. So they really, we didn't actually need to pitch ourselves. The customer understood that instantly like, oh, this is a company that brings me all the benefits like the local vendors do, but they also brings me the benefits like the global companies do, uh, where some of our competitors that becomes very big, you know, they, for these European customers that are, uh, you know, one to five million US dollars, they are not interested to some of our competitors because they only go for the biggest charts. And I think there, that's where, where we had the sweet spot and where Amphenol also picks up a lot of good uh, opportunities. So I, I think that that's like how we pitch it. We're, we're the small company and the big company and, and, and we, we provide all the best from, from two words. I, I really like if you see Adam usually on the management meeting sometimes has that slide, mm-hmm. which like this is Amphenol. And that's really, that's really truth. That's really the value. And our customers see that too. No, that's great because you're kind of checking off all the boxes of of how, you know, at a higher level at the corporate level, how like to pitch it, right? I mean, we have all yeah. of these individual business units, 130 plus, however many it is, and they all act largely independently, but they are part of this big brand name of Amphenol. And you hope that both of those are seen as a benefit for customers exactly in a situation like you're referring to. Like we need someone local, but yet we know we feel much safer working with someone who is part of this large organization that uh, there's there's some security in there. Um, and that's, that's a huge benefit. So I could see where that yeah. would help. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they sign spare parts agreements with their end customers for like 20, 30 years. And they know that, you know, OK, Amphenol is a partner that's going to be there at 20, 30 years. We don't run into financial issues like other small companies can do. So, no, I think we have the whole palette of, of ticking in the boxes. So it's uh, it's just go out there and sell more. <laughs> yeah. Is that always the case, right? Yeah. Can't yeah. Keep, you can't take your foot off the gas. That's for sure. No. So, uh, Carl, you grew up in Sweden, right? Um, and you have been in the Stockholm area, I think, for quite some time. So tell me what it was like for people who don't know about Sweden and maybe specifically Stockholm 
what it was like growing up there, how it may be different from other areas of, of the world that you've been to? No, I think I had a very good childhood growing up here in Stockholm. Not much to complain about. I mean, I, um, I spent a lot of times doing sports, especially winter sports. Ice hockey is very, very big here. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I spent almost 30 hours a week in the rink when I wow. was in, in yeah mid-teenager, really practicing. And, and some of my friends majored in NHL or something. But, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I did a lot of sports and I really, really enjoyed that early days. Um, do, you, uh, do you follow the NHL? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, you have a favorite team in particular? When I grew up, I shared mostly for Detroit Red Wings when right. I had some, you know, Niklas Lidstrom, yeah, Lidstrom and you had right. some, uh, yeah, and Henrik Sederberg and some others. But then, you know, one of my closest friends, uh, Marcus Kruger, he, he got drafted and moved to Chicago Blackhawks. So now I would consider myself a more of a Blackhawks fan, um, to, to, to be honest, but I follow it quite closely. Yeah. They had some great Olympic teams back in the days too. What was it? The Was it 94 with the shootout or overtime goal what was it come on help me out here i know you know yeah you mean the penalty from peter force there it is that's, that's the one i couldn't forgotten. think of it. yeah that yeah. was 94 yeah but i i liked the in in turin 2006 better i think that was the last and the peak of uh nick lidstrom sundin and and uh and peter forsberg and, yeah and you have the three two goal when, when they are scoring the uh yeah the three two goal which became the decision one where Matt Sundin is, is pointing to Peter Forsberg, who drops it to Nick Lidstrom, who just make a slapper out in the red corner, uh, so right corner. So it was like history being made. It, I think it was the greatest team ever from, from, from Sweden's side and all of my favorite players in the, in the same team. So it's, you know, it, it was a nice memory. Yeah, that's great. So you're into hockey. What else were you into, uh, even academically and going to university? Uh, like I, I think hockey took all my time, yeah. and then I, I decided yeah. to leave it. Then it becomes more academic, so I have an engineering degree from the Royal Institute of Technology here. Why engineering? Uh, industrial engineering. No, I mean, uh, why did you like engineering? No, I, oh, okay. I, I, no, I think it was fun. You know, I think, you know, I've un, always, you know, wanted to understand how, how, you know, technology works. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's like how I chose engineering. Then I don't really like to maybe sit and do simulations and go into all the details. And that's why I think maybe a bit of a management fits me quite well too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but no, I, I chose the engineering path. And right when I was finishing uh, the school, I got job. I got hired. Okay. And and my first manager was Sarah Elfson, uh, who's also an Amphenolian. Yeah. And and she told me like you know you will always remember your first boss, independent if I'm good or bad. You will always remember <laughs> your first boss, and and I do that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, that is definitely true. Yeah. Uh, and and that's also I, I, when when I reflect on my career so far over the past 14 years. It's, it's two things that has been in common, and that's the interconnect industry for some reason. That was just by accident. Mm -hmm. And the second one is Jean-Luc Gavel. Because he was a Huber and Sooner. Yeah, correct. So he was the big boss, the yeah. COO of the RF division at Huber and Sooner. So I met him a couple of times. But after two years, I felt that, you know, I had been living, growing up in Stockholm. Uh, I felt like I wanted to see the world a little bit. So I got, uh, I joined Ericsson, an Ericsson sourcing team, mm -hmm. uh, where I got to, you know, deal with suppliers and people across the globe, everything from Japan to China, Australia, 
India, uh, parts of Europe, and of course, America, Canada, you name it. So what were some of your functions that you had to do for that? So I was the category leader first for power, but after I think it was 18 months or two years, I got promoted to be the director for all electromechanical hardware. And that's how I came into contact with Adam and his leadership team. Yeah. So I was the executive sponsor on the Ericsson side and Jean-Luc was the executive sponsor on the Amphenol side. So it was pretty seamless how you got connected with Amphenol. It was almost destiny in a sense. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and I remember meeting Adam the first time. I think what's so important, so special with Adam and when I decided that, yeah, Amphenol is, is the one I'm going to bet on when I was at the other side. It is that most CEOs, they, they tend to talk to, you know, the highest person in the room, right? Mm -hmm. They want to talk to the decision maker and that's where all their attention goes. And then they don't care about the rest. I think when, when I saw Adam acting and he speaks exactly, you know, both from a time, but also probably more with each individual engineer that is there in the group. Right. He doesn't only care about the top management or something. He speaks exactly the same to everybody. Yeah. And, and that's when I understood, yeah, this is a company we should bet for. They have the right company culture, and this is how you how you treat your customers, you know. Uh, that he really takes that time and, and be that humble and, and humane and speaks to everyone in the same way. I think that's, it sounds like a small thing, but uh, uh, that that's very, yeah. yeah, I really, really like that from yeah. the other side. It means a lot. How, how did you then end up deciding to jump to Amphenol? Right, so... So I did that for, for, for some years and then um, I went to the Saab group. I got headhunted there for the military industry where you're based in Syracuse. I know Saab and, and surveillance that I was, they, they have a facility there too. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was there for eight months, took care of their sourcing and supply chain. And, uh, and then Jean-Luc called and, and said, you know, we have open position for you now. Then it was a super easy decision for me. It was just to, you know... Avalon was one of the companies I put highest up in the list that I wanted to join. So it was a very easy decision when the opportunity came. That's great. I mean, you sound very enthused. And I think the, the thing that I noticed you've said over and over again, and it certainly seems very genuine, is the fact that you've been incredibly blessed to work for really good people that you feel comfortable with, that you trust, and that you respect. And that's a, that's a massive thing to have. You can, I, I would consider yourself very lucky to be able to have that, especially in this position now. Like you were, you're taken care of, right? And the, but, but you're allowed to grow at the same time because of these people, because of Adam, because of Jean-Luc, and because of others, and even your predecessors at Connexus. I'd say you're pretty lucky. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucky. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I try to tell myself that every, every day I go to work. No, but I know, I know I'm very lucky. I think Amphenol, ever since I've joined, have, have provided me with, with everything I can hope and wish for, you know. And I also think that, you know, because I'm so happy in the things I do, of course there comes, you know, busy days and, and everybody's busy and there has been a lot of problems since I joined. I mean, I joined mid-2019 and, and I got, I, I had, you know, I weren't on airplane during the first six months, but but then COVID came and then you sit home for, for two years, right? Yeah, and managing yeah. everything, uh uh, in a different way, I think it has, you know, worked out tremendously well. You know, I still had the time to interact with people. And and, and since I knew Amphenol a little bit since before, and also I know the customer I, I, I took care of since before, 
I think the startup journey was was very short, and uh, and I could actually add value for for Amphenol very very quickly. But yeah, I'm very blessed being being part of the AGIS team now. Uh, you know, have have a such good management team, just like you're saying, Adam, Sean, Luke, and Mark. Now, mm-hmm. it's um, no, I I feel very very happy. I left Mark out on purpose because eh, <laughs> he's, eh, I guess he's okay, but uh, I'm sure he'll. Yeah, understand you. You guys have a long history together. Yeah, a little bit. So he just, he's just, he just annoys me. But uh, I'm kidding, Mark. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so anyway, Carl, listen. So when you then are not working, right? You're not at Connexus. You're not doing your thing. What do you like to do in your free time? Do you still get to play some hockey on the side or do you do other things now? No, right now I actually do an MBA during the evenings okay. and weekends. So uh, been there, I'm done, done with that. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward when it's gonna be over. I think yeah. it will be somewhere after summer. Yeah. And then I have two kids. So oh, I, I have a daughter, Polly, at age of six, and a and a boy, Louie, at age of four, and then yeah. a fabulous wife, Hannah, who's yeah doing everything that that I can't or I don't do. So, uh, no, I think we're a good team, and I enjoy just playing with the kids when I have got the time. Uh, I actually don't have time for ice hockey anymore, unfortunately. Maybe in a year or two. Are you going to get your kids into it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've already started. Okay, I was going to say. Jeez, let's (laughs) let's not get crazy here. (laughs) No, exactly. Six and four are good ages. They're now like kind of out of that. uh, You have to watch them every, you know, 24 hours a day. Now they're they get some independence and get on some skates and go out there and, you know, check somebody into the boards, but no slashing, <laughs> not at four, you know, you don't want to do that yet. So yeah. anything else that you like to do for just you as opposed to Yeah. So I, I, I mean, when time is there, I, I like golf too, right? I mm-hmm. play some golf. I, I play some tennis. So I have uh, Daniel Olsen at the AICC team, the sales guy toward Ericsson. Mm-hmm. So we we play like once a week or something. I try to beat him up, but he's quite good. He's quite good now, so it's yeah. getting harder and harder. Uh, he's practicing a lot. So no, I, I think it's it's usually it's usually sports when I get some some free time. Yeah. Okay. So if I then took you away from Sweden and put you on a on a desert island, right, a tropical island. There's not going to be any hockey because we can't get any ice or anything like that. But <laughs> and it's just one big sand trap as far as uh, golf is concerned. But you're there by yourself, get to relax, you get to chill, and say, "Okay, Carl, you could bring with you one album, one book, and one movie." We'll start with an album. What album would you bring with you? Oh, that was a tricky question. I like Coldplay, so I think I would choose uh, one of their albums. Okay, which one? I'm not sure, but. Yeah, Coldplay, Coldplay, definitely. Is there a song in particular that you like by them more than any other? Uh, when I'm in the mood, I like Fix You, you know, yeah. getting into the sad mood. But um, <laughs> but no, I like most of their songs, actually, depending on which mood I'm in. Okay, so Coldplay it is. How about a book? Yeah. A book. Yeah, it's also a tricky one. I would choose the Da Vinci Code, probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's no. I think it's a it's a good book. Excitement. Very some, fast paced. Some, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I would choose Da Vinci Code. I think. Yeah. Okay. Dan Brown, it is. How about a Dan movie? Brown. 
Oh, a movie. I'm actually a James Bond sucker. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. You're? Oh, absolutely. I have every single movie, multiple formats. I'm horrible. And yeah. I, I prefer the old ones because I love the campy corniness of them. They're just, yeah. they're so great. The, the yeah, Daniel Craig fantastic. ones are fantastic I, too. Don't get me wrong. But the old we, Sean Connery ones and the Roger Moore ones to me are so much more fun. Which one do you like the best of the old ones? Um, I am a little odd in this. I'm probably one of the few ones that I love. You only live twice, maybe the best. I, I think I, that one is fairly okay. Yeah, yeah. But I, most people will go like Goldfinger or something like that, which is great. Uh, but you only live twice. When I was a kid and saw that for the first time, and they have the you know, Blofeld's lair in a volcano that blew my oh, mind. Yeah. Yeah. That, that blew my mind. That blew my mind. So that was always that's always been my favorite. I, I, of the old ones, I like uh, the man with the golden gun. Oh, that's with a good Scaramanga. Yeah. That, that's also cool in the tropical islands and so on. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and if I choose a new one, I, I like the from 2006, the uh, Casino Royale. I think that was a blockbuster too. Yeah, that was a great movie. So, yeah. boy, we may have bored people a little bit with a lot of <laughs> NHL hockey talk and James Bond filmography. But you know what? It was a good conversation nevertheless. So, Carl, listen, I thank you for taking the time to do this. I'm glad we were able to set this up. You know, I know we've been hamstrung from traveling here a lot lately, but hopefully we'll get to travel more soon. And, and uh, maybe if I get a chance to get to Sweden, uh, I'd love to come and hang out for a bit. Sounds good, Chris. Thank you very much for inviting me here to the podcast. And when I saw your email, I got very happy, too. I've been thinking when it's my time to be on, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kidding. No, but I, 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 you know, thanks for taking the time here with me today, Chris. I really appreciate it. 